ready. From the logo, he launches. Aim. Good if he goes. Good! Bullseye. She'll take it and she'll make it. This is Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Wants to drive in. That's a big shot fail and one! On today's show, you'll hear from women's basketball head coach Jose Fernandez and one of the Bulls players. Now with today's show, here are Jim Lauk and Joey Johnston. Welcome to Bullseye. Derek Sharp is traveling with baseball. Kaylee Cottrell is under the weather, so Kaylee, we hope you're feeling better soon and back with us very quickly. We've still got Joey Johnston with us, though, so that's the good news. And we've got a lot to talk about this week because it's been another landmark week at USF Athletics. So we got to begin with men's basketball. Mm. Top 25 ranking. Once upon a time when we was young, we covered this team in the late 80s, early 90s, and they got that close, that close yep. and they didn't get there in the top 25. Now here they are. Amazing. Uh, back in 1991, USF beat Iowa at home here, a great win over a really good Hawkeyes team. We go to Cincinnati on New Year's Eve for an ESPN game back when that was a big deal being on ESPN. Lost to a Bearcats team that ended up in the Final Four. But I remember thinking, boy, you know, not this week, but one week soon, this team will be ranked. It didn't happen. Here we are all these years later. It finally happens. What a, what a milestone for a team that really, really deserves it. And it happened in such dramatic fashion, too. Back-to-back -to -back sellouts at the Yingling Center, 10,000-plus both times. For a lot of Bulls fans who may have been invested in this team for many, many years, they had never seen that, and maybe more importantly, they had never heard that. They had yeah. never heard how loud that building gets. It's just amazing. I mean, March Madness uh, and the drive to a, to a tournament is about as exciting as anything you get in sports to me. And when you're, when you're part of it like that, when it comes to your town, it's really special. And I found myself just looking around at all the people high up in the arena and hearing the sounds and just kind of taking it in before doing the games. It was, it was really special. For the people that have been around here a long time, this is, uh, this is really something to see and really something to enjoy. And if we were doing that, imagine what the players and the coaches yes. thought walking into that building. What a testament to the coaches and the players to keep their focus in a situation like that. If you're ever going to lose your head, that's probably a time to do it. Yeah, no, that, that just is in keeping with this basketball team. They're very composed. They, they, they come from way behind. They played from way ahead and held the lead. Um, they have been up for every task that you can possibly ask of a basketball team, and they have passed every test with flying colors. I mean, it, it really is amazing, and it's like we have now reached the point where uh, you can be as skeptical as you want to be, but you cannot deny what this team has done, and all the national pundits have fallen in line. So if USF keeps winning, uh, it's the sky's the limit. Uh, we can do anything uh, this team is capable of doing. Uh, the, the doors are open, and now we're on the map. A chance for a conference championship, now a trip to Charlotte. Bulls and 49ers had a great battle earlier in the season. That's all there is. There isn't anymore. The Bulls, the cardiac kids, have done it again. Somehow, some way, they come from 17 down and beat Charlotte. Bulls are in first place all by themselves in the American Athletic Conference at 9-1. and one. 
if the Bulls can get a win, that three-game lead doesn't even matter anymore because they've clinched. And then also a big home game coming up first week of March against Tulane. Senior night and the last time, presumably, this year to see the Bulls at home. Yeah, yeah uh, that you know, fans, listen to this. I mean, this is your last chance, presumably, to see this team at home. Uh, what an occasion it has been the last two nights out with sellout crowds. Uh, I wouldn't be left out of this if I were you if you like basketball. Here's your shot to see a really good Tulane team in senior night and, this, and, and send this team off into, into March. It will be March by the time we play Tulane, in fact. So um, can we get a third straight sellout? I hope so. I think it's possible. I wouldn't have said that a month ago, but it, anything's possible now. You cover this team on radio with our friend Jim Lighthall, so you've seen every game. You've seen this develop. So a simple question, how are they doing it? The coach is excellent, Coach Amir Abdul-Rahim. He's, a, he's among the best I've ever seen. Uh, and, and I say that in the context of I remember what it was like in November. I saw some things happen there that maybe I didn't quite understand, but I do now. Uh, he has, he's wonderful at dealing with all sorts of people, including his players at knowing how to push their buttons and how to get them motivated. And he's a heck of an in-game coach. Uh, there was a game at UTSA last week uh, where the Bulls did not play very well all night. But we scratched our way back in the game. We got a layup to cut it to one from three timeout. He changed his defense to a 1-3-1 one, one trap. He throws a lob too high, and it's tipped by USF into the hands of Selt Miguel. He's on a run out. He's going to get the layup to go, and it's a one-point game with 100 seconds to go. And there's a timeout by USF. We'll see what they've got down the stretch. The Bulls have been in positions like this all season and come up smelling like roses, and UTSA not, not so much. So we'll see if that carries over. Bulls have a 1-3-1 one, one defense here coming out of the timeout. Yep, with Tucker had it ripped yeah, out of Brandon. his hands right away. They lob it to Jaden Reed, and he gets a layup. The Bulls have the lead 60-59 to 59, just that fast. And the adjustment on defense is what did it. Brandon Stroud was at the top of the 1-3-1, one, one, and he deflected the over-the-top pass and created the layup by Jaden Reed. And they were not ready for that. And I saw this like unfolding before my eyes. I just thought, wow, that was spectacular. Now that's a very small slice of something in a game that people will forget, but I will never forget like how he just kind of said, you know what, time to win this game. And he did what was necessary. It was really impressive. What a brilliant call that was coming out of the huddle there. <laughs> to God be the glory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna praise myself. No, it was, and they did a great job of executing and on the road, man, sometimes you got to be you got to be a little gutsy on the road, man. Well, men's basketball has been a big story, but there is a lot going on elsewhere in USF athletics. But we got to give a shout out to mm. men's indoor track and field bringing home the gold. Yep, Coach Eric Jenkins, since he has been hired, it's obvious that he is building a program that's going to last. Uh, and he is an impressive guy and his ability to, to bring in talent and to motivate them and to get them to win track meets. And they have improved steadily since he has been here, and now it has paid off with an indoor championship. And the Bulls are certainly a contender to win the outdoor championship. Uh, great things are happening all around this campus, but do not sleep on the track and field team. This is a, a conference power that's going to make some noise nationally, I think. Stay with us. We've got a lot more coming up in this edition of Bullseye. A lot of women's basketball. Ariel Wilson, senior guard, will join us. And when we come back, 
will visit with the head coach, Jose Fernandez. Glad to have you with us this week on Bullseye. Now Levy wants to drive in again, changes hands, puts it up and in, Romy Levy. And the Bulls have their largest lead. 12 points, it's 68-56. Levy's on 18 points. You've found the all-new South Florida Coaches Show on the radio, Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. We are glad to visit with head coach Jose Fernandez. Coach, thanks. I know this time of year in particular, time is hard to block out. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Jim. Good to be here. Long season, coming right down to it now with the conference tournament around the corner. You've got a big home game coming up on March 2nd, senior night. And this team uh, looking forward to a very interesting conference tournament with a lot of teams kind of jumbled up with similar records. Yeah, got two games left um, with Tulane at home and then a quick turnaround against SMU. Then we'll get back and, and be ready to head back to Dallas-Fort Worth for the conference tournament. So the biggest thing is uh, finishing out the regular season on a good note. Uh, playing good basketball in these last two remaining regular season games uh, to get us ready for Fort Worth, whether we got to win three in three days or four in four days. So that's the biggest thing now, using this bye week uh, to get ready for the for for the late late regular season push. Coach, you became the the head coach here in 2000, and I'm no math guy, but I think that means that's 24 years ago. So you've seen everything here. But one thing with all your success in recent seasons has been the way you brought these players in from all over the country, all over the world, internationally. You're, you're one of the foremost international recruiters in women's basketball. And at some point, I know you had to develop that as, an, as a strategy and, and used to great success. What was behind kind of your, your philosophy of starting this and, and how you've been able to kind of maintain it like you have through these years? We delved into it really hard uh, in the American Conference. Once we left the Big East, which <clears throat> I thought was the best basketball league in the country, you had eight, nine teams going to the NCAA tournament, the next four or five going to the NIT. When we were making that switch in the American, remember that first year we still had Louisville and Rutgers in the first year of the American. I believe we were in the semifinals of the NIT, lost to Rutgers in that semifinal game. Uh, and Louisville and Connecticut made it to the Final Four that first year of the American. We needed to get creative. We knew the conference was going to, the conference realignment was going to hurt us in the recruiting. Uh, the American wasn't going to be as strong as the Big East and to attract the top 50, top 100 kids we were getting and we were able to recruit while we were in the Big East. So that in turn took us internationally right because it wasn't an area where a lot of people were doing it uh, but now everybody's doing it mm -hmm. so the only thing that's helping us now is the success of our international players that they've had here getting drafted and also playing overseas but now uh, the component that has changed the landscape of recruiting all over the country especially in the three major sports and men's and women's basketball and football is the NIL space now we're dealing with the NIL space. Um, and the international players are being compensated. You know, there's different rules as far as how they can get compensated and while they're here uh, and while they're not here. 
but that is the next obstacle now for us, how to navigate the NIL space. Game has changed a lot, college athletics. You have had a, a long tenure here, as Joey mentioned, 24 years. You've seen some things here at USF Athletics. We were talking uh, off camera a little while ago about the upswing in USF athletics with football finding its footing, men's basketball having a landmark year, the track and field championship. As you watch this and your program continues to grow and excel as well, how do you come up with the answer for the department's steps forward recently? What's been the key to the success of this program in general? Well, I think um, there's unbelievable synergy between President Law, the Board of Trustees, right, and Will Weatherford and Mike Griffin. Oh, that just lets you know how, uh, how long I've been here and how old I am. <laughs> Mike was a that, student, right? That Mike was a student. <laughs> he was a president, and he was camping out with uh, the vice president, Dave Mintzberg, yeah. right? So uh, it is great to see his success um, in the business world and how passionate he is about USF athletics. So I, I think I've never seen the amount of synergy with the athletic director, the president, and then the board of trustees and the president and the vice president uh, and their support for um, USF athletics. I think, you know, the football dynamic with the indoor practice facility has definitely changed the landscape of the athletic district. And now with the plans of a football stadium and what's going to happen with our old golf course and the plans there. Uh, it's truly, it's truly amazing. And then now you have one of the best stories in the entire country um, with what USF basketball is doing and Amir and his staff and his players. Um, yeah, I was here 2001 when we played the Florida Gators and that was a sellout. Um, it's I can't believe when I open up social media, which I've stayed out of this year, I've been on my best behavior for a long time, <laughs> uh, that Amir's not in every conversation as a National Coach of the Year candidate. Because if you, I've been what, I've worked with what, six, seven men's basketball coaches since I've been here. So what he's done in a short amount of time, changing the culture, and again, he brought three really good players with him, two of them on the floor, but the exciting freshman, the junior college transfer, the transformation of Selton Miguel's game. So uh, I think there's a lot of really, really good positives, great positives. I think the job that, that Lee Butler has done uh, overseeing men's and women's basketball and the support that he has given both programs uh, the SoFlo Rodeo changing the atmosphere of um, the Yingling Center, right? So it's a really, really neat story. Uh, as you know, there's going to be realignment again at some point or another. Um, and the success of your football program and your men's basketball program, that goes hand in hand. You know, I talk about it all the time, you know, Connecticut men's basketball and Connecticut women's basketball both won a national championship and they're still in the Big East. 
you know, why? Because their football program, if it was probably stronger and they're probably in a different national media market, right? Then the realignment on their case is probably different. Uh, we're in the Tampa Bay media market, with, which is uh, an incredible selling point, right? And now when you're, you're two sports, uh, your two revenue generating sports are doing so well, that's something that you sell. Now, Olympic sports, right? The, 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 the success there, uh, what Michael Kelly has done with our cost of attendance, with the Bulls plus academic money. Yeah, I think nobody in our, there's nobody in our league uh, probably supports our Olympic sports like we support them here, right? and summer school and tutoring and strength and conditioning and sports medicine and the way that we travel in the locker rooms, that's, that leads into recruiting. And if you do a great job recruiting, then you do a great job with player development, sets you up for success uh, in, 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 in all courts and fields. So that's what you're seeing now. I was say another thing I know you would have a great perspective on is just the growth of your sport of women's basketball during your tenure we look at it now, we see Caitlin Clark, the, the mania surrounding her, the interest, the, the television has grown. At the end of next season, Tampa Bay will host its fourth women's Final Four. This sport is exploding all over the country, certainly in our state too, uh, and it's become uh, a destination point for a lot of fans. So what would you say about just what you have seen in your time about how your sport has gone from wherever it was in 2000 to the national product that it has become? Well, I think women's sports in general, all across the board, we've seen an increase in, in TV, in marketing, in social media, in coverage for women's sports all around the, all around the world. Uh, you look at the, the sellout crowd that Nebraska volleyball had this year, right? The growth of women's volleyball in general. Crazy. Um, you got women's soccer and their pro league and the TV contract that they signed. How's women's soccer grown in this country? Um, we have a we have another second professional league in Athletes Unlimited, uh, right? Uh, that goes on before the WNBA. The WNBA's growth and their collective bargaining agreement and their new TV deal. Um, then you look at you look at professional soccer, women's soccer overseas and those sellout crowds. Uh, softball's also continuing a meteoric rise where look at the amount of TV games for softball, right, and their coverage. So it's not only women's basketball, you look at women's soccer and softball. And, and, and volleyball and their growth. Uh, the next step for us is, you know, we have some standout players that have shined in the NIL piece and uh, the marketing of our game. The next part is we went to 68 teams in the NCAA tournament. The next growth for our game is shared revenue and units for women's basketball. When that happens, that's going to align itself where there's going to be more parity, right? There's going to be more investment in programs on every campus around the country um, because now athletic directors are going to go, hey, you know what? You make the NCAA tournament, you're going to get, you're going to get 
that unit for the next five years. Well, now you make it back to back. Now you, there's added revenue that's going to come in with campuses and also conferences too. So that's going to be the big, the big game changer where we're in, where, where it's going to be on parallel with the men. Now it ain't going to be the same, the same amount of unit that a men's basketball mm-hmm. uh, team gets. But we just signed a look, look what we announced with uh, the brand new TV deal over ten years with ESPN and women's basketball. Um, that's huge. So, women's basketball can stand on its own. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an entity that drives economics, and, and this was, wasn't something maybe you could say when you started. So this thing is, has grown to this it point. Ha- it has grown. I think you know we have value. Our game has value, and I think the market has shown that, and our fan base has shown that as well. And it goes on with the amount of, of coverage that our game has gained. There's a lot of traction going on. So we're on a good upward momentum, and, and I think there's a lot of work to still be done. Uh, but I like where we're headed. Last summer, you received an honor being named vice president of the WBCA. I'm sure some of the things you talked about uh, just now in terms of the revenue issues are things that, uh, that come across uh, during that tenure. But tell us a little bit about that <coughs> position, the opportunities, the challenges. Yeah, you know, I, I've always uh, have had the mindset of how can I give back to the game and how can I, how can I assist future coaches in this game. Um, it's funny, I'm watching the replay of our Tulsa game the other night and they show a graphic that five former assistants are head coaches now. Um, and I had two more, really seven, because uh, they're both assistant coaches now, but also got head coaches and positions they're no longer but that's seven former assistants that were, able, that were able to run their own program so I served in the capacity as a WBCA conference captain in Conference USA in the Big East and also the American I was chair of the WBCA All-America Committee I, I served on the uh, Defensive Player of the Year Committee, also the Coach of the Year Committee, and then it, it got into now more on the executive branch of the WBCA, and uh, it's a lot of work because we got the Board of Directors meetings, we have Stewardship Committee, and um, Daniel Donahue oversaw uh, women's basketball in the Big East and transitioned into the American, and she became the executive director. Um, so it's, it's really great to, to be involved at the uh, executive level of our coaches association and, and to be in those conversations with, with the NCA and, so, and also some fellow coaches at, at the Division I level, at the Division II level, at the Division III level, at the junior college level to, you know, to have conversations on how we can make our game better. Um, how we can uh, make our coaches association stronger as well. So I think we're the voice of all coaches around around the entire country and around the entire world. So I got one more year as a VP, and I guess they'll be pa- I'll get the torch passed down for uh, uh, while the final four here is in Tampa. But it's great to serve. It's great to give back, and I'm very fortunate to have that opportunity with the WBCA. Coach, thank you. We're looking forward to senior night, March 2nd at Yingling. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, guys.
Head coach of the Bulls, Jose Fernandez. Stay with us. Much more to come on Bullseye. Wilson in the corner at the blast with 10 on the shot clock, double team, almost turns it over. Ava out to Wilson, wide open three, looks good. Boom, Ariel Wilson! They left the rope and that is huge from three, 55-48. You're listening to Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Welcome back to Bullseye. We are talking women's basketball as they get ready for the conference tournament. The big finish to the regular season is coming up with senior night being at the Yingling Center on March 2nd against Tulane. And one of those seniors is with us now, guard Ariel Wilson. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. I have watched women's basketball here for a long time. I have never seen a player take a charge the way you do. <laughs> Wilson takes the charge, Ariel Wilson. So good at doing that. Yeah. You don't look, it doesn't look like it's part of your personality, but you step in and make that play repeatedly, and that's, that's really part of your game. Tell us about the philosophy of that. <laughs> well, I've had lots of practice um, over the years. I think it's actually something I've been good at from a young age. Um, just being able to read the defense, it's almost like you can tell exactly where they're going before they even get there. And that's just what I do, slide my feet in, embrace myself, and get ready to fall. Ariel, as Jim mentioned, it's senior night, uh, and you'll be out, out there saluted with your other seniors for your last home game. I don't know if you've thought about it yet, but what are the emotions of this for you to, to walk out there and, and be honored and, and look around and know this is, this is it, last one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you kind of hit it on the head there with the emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's just kind of funny because throughout the whole year, it's like your last, your last, your last first practice, your last time that you're going to be playing here, or it's going to be the last time I play in the Yingling Center. So, I mean, the emotions have come and gone before this night has even reached us. So, I think obviously throughout the season, you're focused on the games, focused on getting wins. But I know that I might not say it now, and I might not be emotional now, but when the lights come on and I'm walking out with my family and I'm seeing coaches and the girls, and it dawns on me that this really is my last time playing there, I know that the emotions are going to be running really high. You came to the Bulls from Memphis. It wasn't that mm -hmm. long ago that players didn't really transfer within the conference. Things are mm -hmm. different now, of course. Yeah. And you and Dulce mm -hmm. came together from Memphis. I'm not sure Bulls fans understood at the time how much that decision was going to positively affect this program. <laughs> how did that come about? How did you move from Memphis to Tampa within, uh, within the conference? Well, the thing about being within the same conference is that I got to play against them. And so I got to see what they were about, what they ran, how they played with one another. And I mean, those were all things I appreciated. I went to Memphis and throughout that experience, I learned what I wanted and USF had a lot of those qualities. So going from a basketball angle, what system I wanted to play in, I knew that I wanted to play for USF. And so when I went in the transfer portal, like those were some of the conversations I had. And when the opportunity came, I took it right away because just watching them and playing against them, I knew that this was a place I wanted to be. And Ariel, and speaking to you before about this, you mentioned when you transferred here, your first year here was, you know, uh, maybe didn't play as much as you thought you mm -hmm. would. It was a big adjustment to this program and the expectations and Coach Jose. The second year, you took a huge jump. So the first year was like a learning year. What was it like to kind of, you know, where the 
the bar is high here to win. What was it like for you to adjust to this new place and to Coach Jose? Well, I think if you look at my growth from my first year here to my second year here, that you can see exactly how high those standards are and the adjustments, like you said, and the growth in the player and the person that I've become because it's took a lot coming in and like starting every game at Memphis and then not starting and not really seeing a lot of minutes. And it just speaks volumes to what I had to learn to be the basketball player I am today and to play for this team. Um, I think I've talked a lot about like year to year, like what I've learned exactly and just the pace of the game and the knowledge of the game. And I mean, defensively, offensively, you have to learn so many new concepts, but also like be able to bring them up like that. Like it's just such a fast paced learning environment to really be at the next level. And so if I never came here, I never would have grown as much as I have. Um, and I hope that everyone that has been watching me throughout the years has been able to see that. We've talked a lot over time about the makeup of this team, the international players mm -hmm. on the team, and that includes you coming from Canada. Mm -hmm. When you first joined this team, was that an adjustment or was it something that you just kind of fell into? We've kind of marveled at how Coach Fernandez has brought these type of players from all over the globe together. Mm -hmm. It's something I've appreciated from the very first moment. It's uh, one of the the first things that they want to mention to recruits is that we're very international. And I think that puts a lot of the international girls at ease, knowing that there's girls going through the same experiences as them. And that's what really helps build our team chemistry, is that we're from all over the place and we don't have family here, so we all lean on each other. And that's one of the beautiful things about being here is that it is so diverse and you get to meet so many new people and you just, you have to embrace it. Like you have no other choice but to embrace it. And it's one of the best things about this place. As Jim mentioned earlier, one of the things you do really well is taking charges and getting, getting yourself on the floor and being aggressive on defense. You're, you're the point guard, so you, you set up other players primarily. You can score, but you're not asked to score a lot and people tend to know first what people are scoring in the games, so it's their point average. That's mm -hmm. not something that's maybe a big subject for you, so you, you can easily be way in the background for people. They might not mm -hmm. notice you as much. Uh, what is it like for you to kind of have that role and, and thrive in that role when maybe you're not the guy, the, the guy that people talks about first? That just comes back to who I am. I've always been someone that feels the best when other people succeed. And so the point guard role on this team where I have to set up people is perfect for me. I absolutely love it when my post players are doing great, my wings are doing great, like everything's just connecting. And you know, I take a lot of pride in the small things that I do because that's what I'm good at. And so like you said, I might not contribute in a lot of other ways, but I know that I am impacting the game and that I have my teammates' respect and coaches' respect and that means everything to me. Ariel, thank you. Have a great senior night. Have a great conference tournament. A lot more basketball ahead at South Florida. We enjoy watching you play. Thank you, Joe. Point you, guard Ariel Wilson from USF Women's Basketball. Stay with us. We'll take a time out, but much more to come when Bullseye continues. Three, two, one. They did it again. Lucky 13, 13 straight victories for this USF team to set 
an all-time program record before the second straight sellout crowd. What a time to be alive if you are a Bulls fan. Bullseye continues on Bulls Unlimited. So much to look forward to this week. Two senior nights for basketball. March 5th, the men play Tulane. Your last chance to see this special team in the Yingling Center before they move on to the conference tournament and postseason. There are tickets available right now for that game, but Joey, people can't hesitate. I know some people that got closed out of SMU because they waited a little bit too long and then the game sold out. Yeah, I remember before the FAU game, I was taking a walk around the neighborhood in the morning before coming out and one of my neighbors like followed me, was like stalking me and was asking if I had <laughs> tickets. I, I didn't and he wasn't able to go, but he was able to go to the next game at SMU because he acted early. So I would tell fans to do the same thing. Uh, there's a buzz about this team. There's a lot of people that would love to see him play that have seen this on television, seen this mad atmosphere in the England Center. They want to be part of it. So get your tickets now because I have a feeling that Tulane game will be heavily attended and hopefully the third straight sellout. March 5th, and of course the Bulls will play at Charlotte before that, and a win there will clinch the regular season conference championship for the Bulls. The second senior night of the week will be March 2nd, Saturday night, 7 o'clock in the Yingling Center for the USF women, also against Tulane. It was great to hear from Jose Fernandez on the show today, Ariel Wilson as well. It's fascinating to hear about her journey from Memphis to Tampa and how her game developed over time. Yeah, it really is, and I've had a chance to speak with her for, for some stories that I've done for our website, GoUSFBulls.com. Ariel's a, a really nice person and very articulate, and um, her jump from year one to year two is quite impressive, and she's so valuable to this team. And she just is really in touch with everybody on the court at all times, like a good point guard should be. Real asset to this whole program and really uh, appreciate everything that she has done. Looking forward to giving her a special salute on senior night, uh, in addition to all the seniors that will be going out. A very emotional night, really a great night for basketball fans to kind of give that one last uh, ovation to these players they've been watching for a few years. Now we've talked a lot about basketball on this show, and understandably so, but... Don't forget about baseball and softball. They've got a lot of home games coming up. Full schedules are on GoUSFBulls.com. We are also around the corner from spring football yeah, practice. We're going to be back to work with Alex Golish and crew before we know it. Crossover time, the spring. It's one of the best times of the year in college athletics. It absolutely is. When the basketball teams are going to tournament, the baseball and softball teams are starting their season and spring football. You can't ignore that with everything that happened last fall with the football team uh, having a winning record, winning the bowl game. Expectations are, are very high. I know nationally there's a lot of people that are picking USF to do very well in the American, and I think fans are going to be really into it with all the new players, who's playing where, what the depth chart's looking like. We remember last year at Corbett Stadium, the the great atmosphere that we had at the spring game. We're expecting the same thing this year. So uh, by then, hopefully our basketball teams will have won conference titles and we'll go on into March Madness, and then it'll be time to see what kind of football season we can look forward to next year. So a lot of good, good things going on, Jim, on this campus. A renaissance in football <laughs> and men's basketball, yeah, improvement in a lot of the other programs. 
a stadium on the way. You and I have been around here for a long time, and there have been ups and downs. There always are in every athletic program. This is an up like we've oh, never seen before. A great up, and, and I'm, I'm very happy for all the people that worked so hard in the athletic department, uh, regardless of what's going on, and to see them get their reward of attention and, and, and popularity for these teams. I know, um, you know, I wear my USF gear around all the time. I was in my uh, grocery store the other day, just going in to pick up something quick, and I think it was like three people. Hey, go Bulls, go Bulls. It's like <laughs> just people love a winner. And, and they know things are happening here, good things, and people tend to want to be involved in that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for all the people of Tampa Bay and all the fans to really latch on to this USF program and all the sports because um, it looks like we're here to stay. Well, men's basketball is in the top 25. Some could argue that could have happened a couple of weeks ago. It's taken a little bit of time. It's been so out of the blue this year. Nobody saw this coming. Do you think that's part of the reason why it's taking a little bit of time for acceptance on the national level? We're, we're finally seeing it happen now, but that's after 21 wins. Right, and I think, I think you're right. I think um, you know, the normal expectation for a first-year coach for the first year is to, is to build to a certain level. You know, you're looking at, uh, oh, 500 kind of season would be great. You know, any kind of a sniff of a postseason would be wonderful and then build from there. But it has come much quicker than anyone would have anticipated. And remember, this team was two and four uh, a long time ago and playing a Florida State. So the outlook wasn't great at that moment, but they came out guns a-blazing against Florida State and really, since that moment, have not looked back. And it's taken a while, but everybody from the national pundits to the local fans are on board now. And I think everybody knows this is a freight train running down the tracks and um, you know they have passed all challenges so far and March Madness is, is just great when you've got a team actually involved in it so you want to be part of this because once your team gets into that kind of discussion there's, there's a few things that are more fun in sports to me. Enjoy it Bulls fans a lot of good things coming up in the upcoming days and weeks Thanks a lot for joining us today. It was a lot of fun to be here for me. Mm. Thank you, Joey. Absolutely. Derek will be back. Kaylee will be back. And we hope you'll continue to join us on Bullseye.